as we all know, 2020 has been a year of unprecedented challenges for the hospitality industry and for the myriad talented men and women working in it. We've teamed up with our friends at Bullet Bourbon to present a special series of Life Behind Bars dedicated to this issue. We'll be talking to bartenders across the country about what they've gone through during this pandemic and what they see for the future. Bullbergen, through this whole coronavirus crisis, has helped support the hospitality industry, and they've recently announced a new Bullet Frontier Fund with an initial donation of $250,000, which they'll be using to support North American hospitality workers. And in conjunction with that, they're also launching a new social program called Bullet Bar Skills, which will feature a range of cocktail videos made by bartenders up on their Instagram page and will be available for home bartenders to watch and improve their skills. And hopefully all these programs and our podcasts will help bartenders across the country come back stronger and better once the coronavirus is finished. Cheers. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars, What I've Learned, our special mini-series. I'm Noah Rothbaum, The Daily Beast half full editor joining me as always is my colleague and co-host David Weintrich. How are you, Dave? I'm okay. How are you? Good, good. Um, We have a very um, special episode today. I'm excited. We have three very talented bartenders from across the country. Uh, Carl Franz Williams from New York City, uh, Christine Wiseman from Los Angeles, and Andrew Volk from up in Maine. Uh, We're all going to be chatting about um, an important issue in 2020 and today, and that is this new world of to-go drinks that has sort of sprung up as a, as a necessity as uh, bars and, and restaurants have um, been closed for, for indoor dining for months now. Yeah, I like to see it as uh, we've all got a little bit of New Orleans in our hometowns now. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think, a, kind of a wonderful feature to be able to bring, you know, a well-made drink you know, either, you know, to a picnic or back home to your house or to a pool just, or you know, to a beach uh, or... Find a little private nook for yourself and hoard the thing. Exactly. And and enjoy it. And, you know, I think really, you know, the best bars and, and bartenders have, have gone, gone above and beyond, which is no surprise to really yeah. make these to-go drinks, you know, you know, very special more than just, you know, a highball, but but really putting a lot of thought and energy and, you know, recreating and sort of reinventing their business model and, and, and what it means to make cocktails in in this 2020. <laughs> the nature of, of, of bartending at, at the high end is always to be flexible and always to, to look to make it cool. And I think uh, I think these people have done that. So uh, this should be interesting. All right. We'll welcome our panel right now. Welcome, everybody, Carl and Christine and Andrew. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us to talk about two of, I know, Dave's favorite things, uh, drinking cocktails and uh, walking. So um, <laughs> That's why I do paradise. <laughs> we recently ran a story by Wayne Curtis about the go drinks and takeaway drinks. And in that piece, he was talking about how more than 30 different states now allow them or allow some kind of permutation on them. I mean, up until recently, the only place I ever saw them, you know, where it was legal to do it was, was down in New Orleans. Uh, I don't know about you, Dave. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, London, that doesn't count anymore because as far as we know, uh, Europe doesn't even exist. <laughs> <laughs> Since it's so new for all of us, I mean, it's, you know, it both, you know, consumers, but also bars and bartenders, you know, has it been hard for 
for you folks to adjust to, you know, this new sort of to-go world, uh, to making your drinks portable? The way that, that we've talked about it, our staff up here in Maine, and when I talk to people around the country that are doing stuff, we're, we're writing a whole new business plan. Um, you know, the business of bars is based on social gathering, and in the age of social distancing, we're fucked. But, you know, I think that the, the to-go model is it, it's, it's starting to work for some people. We're, we're having fun with it. But, you know, you have to source containers. You have to create labels. You have to understand laws that, you know, were just written that the people who pass the laws don't understand. Um, you got to tell them what they're doing wrong. You got to, you know, figure out how to make drinks taste good in a two totally different way. I mean, it's an entirely different business, really. Yeah, I, w- I would add to that. You also have to convince people who are used to coming to your bar for the experience, right? Social gathering, but also the experience, the bartender, the energy of seeing them, uh, the energy of the space. You know, I call it, you know, happiness that just wafts through a bar. I mean, that, ener- that, that energy there, and that's gone. And, and then, you know, the experience, you know, these master bartenders crafting drinks just for you. I mean, <laughs> all of that is gone and now i've got to convince you that this thing in a bottle is that is that you know uber beautiful drink that i was creating for you just a month ago <laughs> and you have to be able to give them an experience that they can't do at home also we've all been doing a thousand videos on how to make cocktails for our guests at home and so now you need to also convince them to come and buy your cocktails and that, that they can't do. So it's, and you have to give them a value as well, because again, they're going to the, you know, Sam's or Costco and buying, you know, handles of booze for like $10. I mean, if I saw a COGS report, cost of goods sold, you know, on my lick on my bar, that was above 25% anytime I was losing my mind. Like, no way, like, you know, let's, let's check the cameras. Let's go review, you know, our night. Let's figure out which bartenders over pouring, you know, giving drinks away, taking too many shots, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, now I, I'm, I'm, if I see 30, 35, because to Christine's point, you know, I have to give more value to be able to make up for the fact that I no longer am able to sell experience. I mean, you do have some advantages over the home mixologist. Uh, when I was doing this thing on Twitter, the Lo-Fi Lush Hour, uh, at the beginning of, uh, of, of quarantine, uh, people, like, they had one or two kinds of booze, but they didn't have, like, 12 different liqueurs and stuff. So uh, the, you, you have the advantage of variety because people are getting, get very bored of the same stuff. So, uh, you know, with a fully stocked bar, at least you got that going for it. That's true. And especially all those kooky purchases that we made uh, prior to COVID. Now we have to go through all of them now, too. So now (laughs) now you're getting super creative with cocktails. Like, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to just, you know, use this now. (laughs) The techniques that we're using behind the bar that we've been doing for years now. And one of the things that that is on our menu up here in Maine is is fat washed spirits. You know, people aren't going and buying themselves a whole bunch of coconut oil and just kind of screwing around with it and getting the same quality that we are. I would even add that I think people, you know, um, after about your 10th Zoom, you know, cocktail course, you're kind of a little bit over it. 
I mean, most people didn't sign up to be craft master bartenders, right? They signed up to get good drinks and enjoy the experience. So once that sort of combination of like, you know, uh, they, they, not, they were just bored. I mean, they, they, they're sort of bored with it. They're, they're over it. They don't want to work that hard. They just want to drink. You know, some of that starts to set in. And, um, you know, I think people, as more of that has happened, you call it the Zoom fatigue has happened. You know, it's, it's sort of like an inverse curve. As Zoom fatigue increases, you know, I mean, well, I guess not inverse, it's direct curves. Zooming, all, <laughs> our, our cocktail sales also increase. Well, I kind of think it's sort of like watching food TV, you know, like, you know, some people will watch a TV show and say, oh, yeah, like totally inspired and run out to like the grocery store, or you know, place an order and get the raw ingredients and then cook like a five course meal. And then there are other people who, you know, watch it, say awesome, and then like make a peanut butter jelly, (laughs) you know, and that's and that's all it is. And I think that's that's okay. Like, you know, I mean, it's and, and for drinks, it's, you know, the same way, too, where it's sometimes it's just cool to see know how to do it whether or not i'm ever going to fat wash a spirit like i don't know but like it's it's interesting to know about it but you know are, are you trying to take into account like how people will you know you know temperature is obviously a big deal for cocktails mm-hmm. and and the fact that a lot of people won't be drinking them immediately like is that something that you guys are trying to think about too like you know when people or or, or how long somebody will enjoy a drink that you've yeah, absolutely. made absolutely you know, we're we're pre we're batching and pre-diluting everything and keeping it in a fridge and saying, hey, you can zip this thing open, just open this thing up and start chugging it right away if you wanted to. But you know, you got to keep it cold. That sounds like my kind of cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could use one right now. <laughs> These days, it's summertime in Maine. I see people literally take their to-go drinks and walk across the street. Hey, do you happen to have a cup? And I'm like, yeah, for water, right? Yeah, 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 for my water. They would, yeah. they dump the water right out and walk across the street, open it up. But, but, but yeah, we're, I, think, I think we're all accounting for temperature and trying to make it, you know, as idiot-proof as possible. You know, we've always done that with, with guests. We want to do the work for them um, and to be able to put an excellent mm-hmm. drink in their hand and, and make sure that it looks good and tastes good is, is, is key to doing good to go. And also, I mean, one thing that I'm, I've been doing that may seem a little controversial controversial in the cocktail world is, you know, I've been using uh, Paracone in my to-go cocktails and doing larger formats, you know, like a six to 10 serve cocktail because, you know, the Paracone, they, uh, I don't know how long they're going to, and, you know, enjoy that cocktail. They, are they going to chug it right away or are they going, you know, to use it, you know, a few days. So it's kind of trying to achieve like the best quality, you know, for as long as possible. And what is that? That's, can you explain that a little bit? It's just pasteurized uh, juice um, versus, you know, fresh squeezed and, and um, you know, where I'm using fresh squeezed still in my cocktails at the bar for the to-go, it, it lasts longer, um, especially if I'm batching, because again, you know, we also have less staff and, you know, so you're, you know, you're trying to make the best out of what's going, yeah. what's going on. So mm-hmm. when I batch, you know, a cocktail, I might batch that um, one drink for, you know, up like four to five days. So, and then after that point, then when they take it home, then if it's a few more days, it's still going to be the same throughout that time. So, right. which is what the pasteurized juice. Yeah. Is. Yeah. So, um, and I know that's, you know, probably a lot of people would frown upon that, but you know, it's, it's, 
is kind of trying to keep the most consistent product for, you know, our guests. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're doing the same thing in Maine with, with ascorbic acid, just trying to, to lengthen the, the lifetime of that juice in, in citrus, citrus heavy drinks. Are there certain types of drinks that you just don't work or you've stopped making, mm-hmm. you know, for one reason or another? You know, one of the things we saw early on, and, and I'd love to kind of hear the, the experiences in New York and LA, as far as timing goes, we've been doing this for about two months now. We started at the beginning of June was when Maine allowed us to do to go. Um, and typically our, when we write our menus, they've been pretty much 50-50 split of spirit, spirit forward drinks and sour citrusy drinks. Mm-hmm. And immediately we started seeing the spirit forward drinks did not sell. Um, you know, we were doing a couple of fun riffs on just, you know, Manhattan's kind of try to keep it basic, but nobody bought those and everybody bought the zippy fun light citric, citrus forward drinks and, mm. and the, the, the more sunny day drinks, even when it wasn't a sunny day. You know, I think people just want a little bit of, a little bit of fun in their lives right now. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you know, this is a lot of folks aren't, they're not even holding on to these. I mean, I know, you know, yeah, uh, the idea of making sure they're going to last. But what I found is a lot of, particularly on the single serve options, they're literally, I mean, we, in my bar in New York happens to be, you know, a few blocks from a couple parks. And so they're grabbing it, they're going and sitting in the park and they're having a little socially distanced uh, occasion. And so being able to have that fun looking drink, um, maybe it's purple, maybe it's like, mm-hmm. you know, something um uh bright red or something like that and they're taking that and going straight to the park and sitting there and, and drinking it right there it's almost like a high-end nutcracker <laughs> exactly <laughs> which is like what it, it normally like sold on the beaches in, in coney island well and- in harlem the hustle man drink is called a nutcracker um and so they they sell them you know you walk in the park you go around i mean yeah, out of coolers and- yeah exactly yeah, same in Brooklyn, and and it's it's usually just a bunch of liqueurs with uh, you know some one fifty one rum or something just to make it potent. A lot of you know blue coloring and stuff like that or whatever. And often like in a little pouch, right? So I mean, it really is kind of the, the nutcrackers, the progenitor of to go drinks, the godfather of the to go movement. <laughs> I wish we had that here. <laughs> I never thought I would hear a nutcracker being called the godfather of anything. I know. <laughs> hey, 2020, man. <laughs> Nutcrackers awesome. taking on new, uh, yeah. new importance. Uh, all those people should be teaching. Uh, they should be teaching the Zoom classes because they've been doing it for so long. Uh, I, t- I take that class, man. Talking about containers, like, are you folks trying to find, you know, cool, like, the go cups, or does it not matter, or does the branding matter? I think the branding uh, super matters. I mean, again, we also live in the Instagram world. I, you know, we we unfortunately don't really have that park, you know, take it across the street, enjoy it vibe. I wish that we did. I, I'm so jealous. But, you know, we people are going home, you know, like difference here of LA, people have pools. So you're going back to your own house and like, and, and chilling with this. So, you know, you have to kind of create um, you know, have like a glass flamingo jar and, you know, reusable, um, pouches that people can like put their water in and go hiking and, and, you know, putting, you know, swizzles and dehydrated fruit and all these things that can go with it that they can, you know, create their Instagram moment at home. Um, and you know, all with, 
and you also want your branding to like be all over that too. So when people are taking their pictures, it's all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I think that the garnish is is huge and being able to send people with, you know, clearly you're not going to garnish the the tamper evident container, but but sending people with a baggie or a, or a, a, a you know a vacuum sealed bag that has a couple of beautiful pieces in it. And I think Christine's exactly right. We, you know, at, at our bar, we're sending people with with coasters and postcards from our place so that when they do take those pictures, it's, oh yeah, I recognize that post. I recognize that coast coaster. Yeah. That's from the bar. Um, and, and, and able to make their drinks look. Do you have postcards with the interior of the bar? So the drink there and it looks like they're happening. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I've got to reprint them. I might, I might start doing that. I that's an amazing, that's an amazing idea. <laughs> or they could use it as a Zoom background. Yeah, like, as no, a I'm background, here. exactly. But the other thing that matters that we found, because, I mean, like I said, that purple drink in a bottle from Brooklyn Bottling, it, it's just like, I mean, it's, it's just, but, I mean, that's that's the sell. But what we've been adding is is swag. So, the brands give us stuff, and we throw those in the bag with it. You know, so maybe you get mm-hmm. a, a yeah. plastic shaker from one brand or, you know, uh, a swizzle stick from another brand or some other cool thing. I mean, the swag has also been, you know, you open it and it's like this little freebie, this gift that comes along with the cocktail. Well, I know, Carl, you know, in New York, obviously the laws keep changing um, or at least the way they're being enforced about like people having to order food or the types of food. And I know that you, you had a creative solution for having to serve food, you know, with every drink order. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So when, when this whole thing started, you know, the first idea was, okay, I mean, food meant basically anything. And I was able to um, just give away a bag of chips with it, you know, which was, which was pretty awesome and easy. Uh, and then it changed. And it said that the requirement, the law changed, that the requirement for food had to be equivalent to whatever your license meant. So for most of us, that meant a minimum of like a soup or a sandwich with it. So I was like, well, soup is super cheap and super easy to make. And so <laughs> we, we were like, we just started adding these little cups of soup with all of our to-go cocktail sales. And the reaction is interesting. You know, some people are like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Thank you so much for giving me this soup that I didn't know I needed or wanted. And the soups are actually really good. You know, with, I mean, by the way, they're actually really, really delicious. So, but the other people are like, what? I don't want this. Why? <laughs> and it's so funny. Like they'll literally hand it back. No, I can't take it back. The government requires that I give you the soup. I can't take it back. But I don't want it. But I can't take it. <laughs> oh my god, it's amazing. Oh, do you have to in New York? Do you have to sell them food, or you just have to give them food? Well, um, so now the law has changed to um, they have to buy food with their drink, um, and so. The, the problem is we can't police that on to, on delivery orders. So if someone goes online right. and, and places an order, we can't then refuse the order because they didn't include food. So we still do soups for those folks. Um, but the law now in New York is, so we have outdoor dining in New York um, and um, not indoor, but outdoor in New York City. Um, and so you can sit at the tables and order a drink, but everyone at the table has to have order one food item, at least one food item per person. Um, and wow. for takeout drink, every, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's crazy, right? And, and, and for takeout, they have to order um, food and it has to show on the receipt. So even for the delivery orders, we've now added 
complimentary soup to the tickets to make sure yeah. that there's yeah. no inspector who walks in and, and says that we're running afoul of the law. Now, can you give them uh, cold tomato soup in one container and spiced vodka in the other that you <laughs> pour together? <laughs> I think that's Jerry Thomas's soup recipe, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, do you find that that has hurt your sales or helped by the addition of the food? Like, do you find that people are just like now having one drink and one food item and leaving, where like they, they may have had a few drinks and like just a shared food item or how is that how is that with your um business our business prior to covid was about 85 percent cocktails um 15 but we never saw higher than 15 it was somewhere between 15 and 12. now our food sales are about 30 percent uh and so oh. it's we you know it's for us it's kind of great to have food you know if you had to sell this much food um and we're still able to do it you know, cost effectively. Carl, do you mind me asking how, how, how far your sales are off to, to what your projected, you know, August or, or June, July 2019s were? Uh, well, we are currently operating at 80% pre-COVID. Oh, wow. right? that's not bad. Yeah, that's amazing. Up here in Maine, we have the same, the, the laws aren't quite as strict around food, but we, we, we do have to sell food with, the, with every to-go order. Um, and we've seen we've seen that same split. We're we're right about the same. We were about you know fifteen eighty five food to to drink, and now we're we're much closer. Like like you sit thirty thirty seventy, um, but we're we're more like operating at forty percent of our pre COVID sales. Where a good portion of our to go sales are coming from is actually you know we are open for outdoor dining as well. But we are only doing um, two-hour reservation slots. So when people are done, then they're getting the to-go drinks as well. So, you know, we're kind of adding on top of oh. that, So, um, which, is, which is great. And then, you know, what – so, like, my to-go options are also available, you know, for, the, for dining as well. And if you don't finish it, then you can take that as well. People like can't finish their can't like order a vodka soda and then like not finish it and take that with them. It has to be like kind of like a it's a closed container. Yeah, we've had it's been interesting because I also have a bar in New Haven, Connecticut, and so you know so it, it there's always a sort of balance between what I can do in New York and what I can do in Connecticut. So at Connecticut, um, you know, we weren't allowed to do takeout cocktails at first, but you could do takeout spirits. So everything was cocktail kits there for a while, where it was like, I'll sell you a bottle of liquor and then all the mixers you need to be able to make it and an instruction, you know, some printing yeah. instructions to be able to make the cocktail. Um, but then now, um, you know, they, so that eventually they started allowing to, to go cocktails in, in, in Connecticut, but they also added outdoor dining and indoor dining at 50%. Um, and so I now have a, a, a business model that has four pieces. I used to have a business model that had one, right? We were a bar and restaurant and now we're <laughs> yeah. out delivery bar and restaurant with indoor and outdoor seating, you know? Um, Unbelievable. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty oh, complex, but it's, it's also, I mean, the complexity has been, been crazy, but um, it, we have been able to make it work. So, you know, there we're at 110%, um, which is, I, I never thought I would be at it. Unbelievable. Do you folks think that the go cocktails and, and, and takeaway drinks, like once the law allows for them, it's going to be really hard for the government to take them away from people once they've experienced, you know, the ability to walk into a bar and either 
walk out with a drink that they can have immediately or even have at home. Do you think that we're going to have these to-go drinks and some permutation going forward? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Especially the way everyone's been able to like dial it in so hard. I mean, all of that work that everyone's putting into it, that's like, there's no need to take that away, especially, you know, if it's now just additional revenue once everything hopefully, you know, goes back to normal. You know, I think the tough part, Noah, is sort of every state has dealt with this differently. Um, up here in Maine, it was an executive order. And, and we've been working, we, I say we, a couple of bar owners and restaurant owners across the state have been working hard to get the legislature to pass something and codify something into law. Because, you know, with an executive order, it, it's, it starts, you know, it starts immediately, but it also can be revoked at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're in the process of getting something that will last till 2022 wow. with the hope that once people see that it's just sort of a thing, you can just drop that end date and, and continue on forever. Um, but every state thing, you know, it, the weird part about this is every state is just doing it their own way. That's how it always is with liquor yeah. for some reason. <laughs> Fair enough. In New York, it's kind of crazy because we literally almost done a great job managing the, the pandemic. But this, this, this part I'm a little frustrated with him about because so it's executive order that allows takeout. That executive order has to be renewed every 30 days. And so far, it generally gets renewed between the 25th and the 31st day of that. Oh, so geez. we are literally sitting there every month on the edge of our seats. Are we going to be able to do takeout drinks? Are we going to be able to do takeout drinks? It doesn't look like we're going to be able to, what are we going to do if we lose this? And then last minute we find out, okay, yes, we're going to be able to continue to do, to do takeout cocktails. I'm also on the board of the New York Hospitality Alliance, and we've been working um, you know, with, the, with the state to be able to try to make this uh, something permanent. It is get them in the mindset of thinking COVID plus, right? So um, our pandemic plus. So you have the, the, the span of the pandemic to the point of a vaccine plus at least another six months or so for, for demand to, to regain, you know, for, for, for consumers to feel comfortable coming in and trusting bars um, right. and, and restaurants. And other people, you know, they've, they've kind of uh, uh, moved the way they, they, they socialize and entertain, you know, and, and some people are going to stick with that because there are, uh, you know, now they're serving cocktails in the backyard and having regular cocktail hours and things like that and finding that that kind of works too. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I think uh, it's going to be hard getting people to go back to just the, the way things were before. I think they're going to want both the option of going to a bar and, and, and meeting people and seeing people, but also uh, the option of serving like these fabulous bar drinks whenever they want. Yeah. I think the challenge that, that, the New York state government is having is they don't want people gathering. And um, there's a, there's been an issue of people gathering with to go drinks outside of, of bars um, or walking down the street, drinking their drinks, when, which, you know, violates our open container laws. Um, and so there's this sort of fear that, you know, if, you know, if, if he doesn't continue to threaten to be able to take it away at any time, <laughs> that New Yorkers will stop acting right. Well, you know, and they'll just drink everywhere and 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 um, and, and have random pop up gatherings in the middle of the street. So uh, that's what you know he's pushing back against. Um, and um, it, it's it's actually interesting because they want us to. Do, it's like he's given us a lot, and he wants us to do well as an industry. But at the same time, 
there's this there's this constant sort of you know I will spank you really hard if you so much as do anything that you know violates what I've given you. you know? so, All right, tricky. Well, in the state of California, you can't even be open if you don't have a restaurant license, so you can't really even do to go cocktails. So, you know, that's kind of a big, you know. Um, a, a scary thing for people out here is that even if they want to do to go cocktails, they can't. I mean, the licensing is like so crazy out here. So you have to be able, yeah. you have to be able to, you don't have to sell food with the to go cocktails, but you have to be able to sell food to be open right now. So, so, so some of the old uh, Hollywood cocktail bars, I won't name names, <laughs> but uh, uh, some of, some of the classic, you know, 1930s bars are just closed, closed, closed. Yeah. Yeah which I would love to go to a, a shitty bar and pick up a shitty drink from there. <laughs> yeah. I would like to yeah. go and pound some shots and put some money in the jukebox right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This sounds like, that sounds like paradise. Christine, in, in California, can you sell like large format alcohol? Six, like six drinks in a container? Yes. So, so in, in Maine, we're, we're limited to, there's only, every container can have only up to four ounces of spirit. And so, yeah, like, so are you, are you seeing a lot of like big stuff going out the door and people just taking it to their pool? Yeah. I mean, all, most of mine are all, um, basically, yeah, they're all large formats. Like you can make it into a punch bowl. Um, and one, you know, one is like a, you make your own spritzes. So it comes with like a bottle of kava and, you know, the spritz base and a shaker. So you like can shake it up and, and uh serve it up <laughs> um all right yeah that sounds like the future to me sounds like my future today <laughs> <laughs> i mean here in new york you can uh, there isn't any restriction on it either but the economics stop making sense after you get to a certain size so you know we were selling um we, we sell three sizes and then after that we go to kits kits are full bottles of liquor with mixers um so the um the the, the three that that we've been doing are single serve um, doubles and then punches. And the punches are basically four servings, um, 16 ounce bottle. And, and, and so there are some, I've seen a few people go up to 32 ounce servings, but it just really gets hard to make it make sense for someone who's thinking, why am I spending all of this when I can just go buy my own bottle? You know, like I just go buy my bottle of spirit for 20, 30, 40 bucks instead of buying your large format cocktail for two or three hundred. So you guys are probably seeing are your check averages like going way up uh, in New York and California. I, it, yeah, I mean, some some days yeah. yes, and and some days no. It's there's no rhyme or reason of what is going on. It's every <laughs> you can't. <laughs> I think that perfectly sums up the whole year. But yeah, yeah. every day is different. For us, it, it, it has gone up because. Um, you know, you all don't have to sell food with your drinks, but we do. So that's driven our check average up. But for you all, I see how it both ways. Yeah, here in Maine, the the only container we're really selling cocktails in is an eight ounce, uh, like an eight ounce sealed plastic container. Um, and then with like with the exception of one or two and sixteens, and we are doing that same thing you were talking about, Christine. The the spritz kits will sell you know a sixteen ounce bottle that's got some liqueur in it and a bunch of juice, and then a, a box of cans of of cava. Um, and we, we've seen the check average go up, may, maybe tick up 15 bucks or something, but not, not so much that, you know, in the same way that you'd be seeing, you're selling a 32 ounce or a 16 ounce bottle of, of cocktails. 
thank you all for for joining us today. Um, hope to see you at your bar sooner than later. Save a seat for Dave and me. Yep. I'm right in front. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till the day. Uh, so we'll bring the soup to you folks. <laughs> and the nutcrackers. <laughs> and a nutcracker, one of Dave's specialty nutcrackers. Yep. And uh, we'll have a cocktail. But uh, cheers. Cheers. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for the fun. Remind you, please drink responsibly.